I'm going to start by reading the Bible. Uh, on the screen should come up where the page number is. I haven't got the page number memorized, but it's Matthew 7, verse 24 to 27, and we're going to start there. We're to- you know, I've done lots of children's work and youth work and all this kind of stuff, still doing a bit of youth work, but the children's work stuff, this was one of my go-tos. The wise and foolish builders. It's a, it's a pretty well-known thing because you can do all the, everyone be in the wind and the waves and it's all very exciting. We're not going to do that tonight, but you can imagine it while I read it to you. Matthew 7, verse 24, ooh, hello, to 27, page 972. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, The streams rose and the winds blew and it beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundations on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. I'm going to pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word. I thank you that at the start of this new year, you want to be speaking to us afresh about who you are and who that means we are in you. And I pray that you'll give us ears to hear and hearts to listen to what it is that you want to say to us this evening. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to look at a few passages. This is the main one we're going to look at in Matthew. And at different times where in Jesus' life, a few things that he said, a few things that he called out of the people closest to him, called out of his disciples and said, this is how it needs to look. I also got a new book uh, from the staff, Secret Santa, called 10 Second Sermons by Milton Jones. That might make a few appearances. We'll see. Could be exciting. He's a comedian. Just in case you know, it's not going to be random wisdom. It's going to be jokes. Um, my, my main role here is to oversee all we do with young people. And... Um, Over the last term, uh, it's important to recognize what some of the things going on in generations are. And I recognize that this isn't just about uh, under-18s. This is actually a lot of the time about many of us sitting here in this room. But one of the patterns in our society today, the things that people are struggling with, is anxiety and depression and all those kinds of things, mental health. it's It's all on the up. And that's just the ones that we know about. So it's important when things like that happen that you say, well, what does Jesus say about building good foundations when it comes to those things? And so I tried to be wise, uh, tried to look at what the Bible said. I talked to young people who were doing great with it. I talked to young people who were really struggling with it. I talked to adults in similar positions to to, to kind of do due diligence and say, actually, well, at the start, you know, at the start of this September, it was for the young people. How how do we approach this this area that can be so difficult to um, approach? and tried to come up with some foundations through the Bible of how we can look into these areas really carefully. And I'm still learning about this area. I'm by no means an expert to do with anxiety or anything like that. I'm not not that knowledgeable. There'll be people in this room who know a whole lot more about it than I do. But I do have family and friends who are struggling in this area. And so I wanted to to recognize that and to not ignore it. And tonight we're going to look at four foundations that are not about going for anxiety, but I wanted to tell you where my kind of thinking, I've done a lot of thinking around what our foundation should be as we approach life. The context for the young people was about anxiety and talking about that stuff, but, and if that's you, please apply that for that today. But it is, it's about every part of our life. As we come into a new year, a new decade, what are we building our lives on? What are the foundations that when these storms come, we wobble, but we don't fall? And so that's kind of the the background of what I wanted to do um, this evening. And 
recognizing that you know we all want if you want to have good physical health you you exercise well you sleep well you eat the right things and so it's the same with our spiritual health we need to practice the things that we read about we need to actually take food in from the bible and we need to we need to look after our kind of span of our spiritual health that's what this is about this evening and and in every season we pray and we're going to get to that right at the end so that's why i've picked what i've picked today now as promised Gonna start with a little bit of Milton Jones. He's the comedian guy. You have to laugh at these parts. Hearing God's voice, talking about prayer, is often like trying to hear a sat nav that you've locked into the boot of your car because you thought you wouldn't need it. Prayer is one of the things we're going to talk about. That was funnier than that. <laughs> we're going to talk about this evening. Sometimes people think church as being like a giant helicopter. They don't want to get too close in case they get sucked into the rotors. Get it? So going to be like church and friends later, and the Bible should be read carefully. For instance, recently I found out that a lot of the Ten Commandments have the word not in front of them. I wish I'd known that earlier. And we're going to start with that. We're going to start with God's word and reading it well and hearing it well. We're going to start with the passage that I read just a moment ago. And we, looking at this passage, it'll come back up on the screen. We are wise when we hear who Jesus is through his word, who he is and who he says we are. We are wise to listen to that. We are wise to look at what it is. When the storms of life hit, a tricky work situation hits, the breakdown of a friendship, loss, we question our worth, whatever it is. These things all happen to us, not just on a yearly basis, but I'd say on a weekly basis. Something will come that has the potential to wobble us. Our job is to turn to Jesus. It's always right to turn to Jesus. Are we putting his words into practice? There's, there's a, whole, a whole bunch of things that we can read in the Bible that are all the truths of what God says about us. Knowing a peace that goes beyond our understanding and circumstance can be a firm foundation in a time when we don't think that there should be peace. We can know peace. Actually knowing that we are a branch of the true vine and that we've got a job to do, that we are here to bear fruit for Jesus in our lives, if that's a truth of God's word, then we can stand on that in the moments that we feel worthless or insignificant. When we feel like actually we don't feel accepted, we can remind ourselves of the words of that song that we were seeing earlier, that we are children of God. What an amazing truth that we declared through song, but it's, it's coming straight from the Bible. And it's important that we, that we know those truths and that we apply them to our lives. So the first foundation is build your life on the word and we'll be pointed to Jesus every time. That's the general looking after our kind of spiritual health parallel and the physical health parallel there. We look after our emotional and spiritual well-being by being consistent at reading the Bible and believing what it says about us even when it doesn't feel true. I was speaking to a young person about anxiety, and this is something that they said to me. They said, I know that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. That's what the Bible says. That's what I've seen from other people. But when anxiety is getting worse, that's not easy to grasp. But deep down, I know that the Bible is true. Having consistent and deliberate time looking into who Jesus says he is in the Bible and who he says we are because of that, when we speak that over ourselves, even if it doesn't feel true, It has power. Our feelings can lie to us. And in this new year, whatever is going on, the highs and the lows, our feelings will lie to us, but the truth of God's word will not. You know, saying that I'm standing here is going to probably put into perspective why this story is 
great, is when I was growing up, confidence was such a huge issue for me, especially in the context of speaking in front of people. I found a room of about six people just about doable, especially if I knew them. That was really helpful. And, and as I kind of went through going up into kind of 16, 17, 18 years old, I, I realized that God was asking me to do some stuff where I needed to lead. It was mainly in a prayer context, leading prayer meetings and these kinds of things. And I said to my dad, I just don't have any confidence. And, and what he said to me as a wise man, what he said, he said to me is he said, well, what does the Bible say about where your confidence should be? What's the truth of what the Bible says about, about confidence? And I started to say over my life, well, actually, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Recognizing my status as a child of God is not about me anyway. Recognizing that God has given me a job to do, and that is to, to share who he is with other people. And so my confidence suddenly was not coming from how well I spoke, wasn't coming from how good I felt on any given day, but who I am in Christ. And so my encouragement to you is it's not just about saying this truth in God's word, apply it to your life. It's about taking a situation that you're struggling with, asking Holy Spirit, what is the lie that I'm believing here? My lie was, you can't do it. You have no confidence. Don't bother speaking up. Well, whatever it might be for you. You know, Google's quite helpful sometimes. What are the Bible verses about this? It can, it can be helpful. But talk, talk to your friends. Talk to those who walk alongside you. Find what the truth is. Encounter the lie that maybe you're believing. So foundation one, build your life on the word. Foundation two, know that you have a Lord that cares. The fact that Jesus even told this, this story shows that he cares about us. He, he knows that there's going to be stuff in our lives that is, is difficult because the storms are there, right? And in all seasons of life, you know, the rock on, he said this to the, the person who he built his church on, Peter. The Bible describes him as the rock on whom um, God built his church. Said this in a book that he wrote. It's 1 Peter. I think it's going to come up on the screen, actually. 5 verse 6 and 7. He said, humble yourselves, therefore. Under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. This was written to a bunch of Christians who feared they'd be killed every day. Written to a small amount of people who had every right to be absolutely terrified. It was really fair. This was not a fireside letter that you make into a country song, but an urgent message to Christians because they were terrified that they would be the next one to die. It's not written to an individual, but a group that says yourselves. But our culture, I don't know if you noticed, but it's all about the individual. And one theme of the book that this verse comes out of is, is connectedness in relationship. Peter is saying, cast your anxiety on Jesus, not because he'll take it away, but because he cares. Not because he'll fix it immediately, although he can, but not that he'll remove the work issue, not that he'll remove the difficult situation here at the start of 2020, but because he cares. He's saying when it's rubbish, when you have fears, when you have stuff that you're looking forward to this year that fills you with doubt or whatever it might be, he's saying, do you know how much I care? I'm there with you. And I wonder this evening, do we really know how much Jesus cares? Why don't we give everything to God. Maybe part of the parallel there is that we, do, we don't give everything all the time because we haven't truly grasped how much he cares. We think God doesn't care about all parts of us. And when I was kind of thinking through this foundation, this was the bit that I felt like God really spoke to me about, and I hope that this is helpful. It, it, it's impacted me quite, quite a lot. It's, it's, it's easy to say, hey God, here's the good parts of who I am. 
the stuff that I like about myself, the, the stuff that I'm doing well at, and, and say, yeah, he cares about that. But what about the bit you hide? The bit that you'd be embarrassed if it was written on a T-shirt for everyone to see. What about those parts of your life? So for me, maybe one of the things being vulnerable is I find it so difficult not to be angry with my small children, even though it's not that their fault that they're two and four and they want porridge before 6 a.m., It's not their fault, but I feel real anger. And it is funny, isn't it? Like it is when you look at, but in that moment, I'm like, how dare you? How dare you? But there's all these these things, and and there'll be things things that are deeper than that. There'll be things where we say, actually, this is is something I, I really struggle with. And we hide those things from God, which is ironic, isn't it? But what I believe this verse is saying is that he cares about that part. He cares about the bit that you want nobody to see. I feel like Jesus is shouting at you, I care about that at the start of this new year. I'm with you in that. I love all of you, not just the good bits that you like to put on show. I love you enough to walk through with you to the other side and not just meet you when you finally get there on your own. Maybe 2020 is a year where you need to remind yourself that you don't need to get to a certain place to be acceptable to Jesus, but he walks there with you every step of the way whatever it is that's going on in our lives he walks through that with us Jesus speaking saying you know when dad looks at you he sees you through me as righteous what an amazing truth to stand on at the start of this new decade imagine what it would look like if we put all of these foundations perfectly into we won't imagine if we put all of these foundations perfectly into practice this decade would, this church would be mental It would be amazing. We'd see so much of God doing amazing things in us and through us. So foundation two, Jesus cares. Jesus cares. Foundation three, friendship. Don't try and do it alone. We're going to go to Matthew 26, coming near the end of Jesus' life in the gospel when he went to a place called Gethsemane. Um, It's going to come up on the screen. Page, that's the one, 997. Um, says this. We can go, you can go there if you want to, but I'll read it anyway. It's on the screen. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, James and John, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little further, he fell on his face and he prayed, saying, my father, if it is possible to let this cup pass from me, Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, so you could not watch with me for one hour. Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And even Jesus struggled. Coming to this, this place where he knew he would have to go through a, a, a gruesome death. He was in anguish. The son of God str- struggling, spirit willing, flesh Weak. He understands. He understands that life is difficult. So what does he do in this passage? Well, he, he asks his disciples to pray. All of them. Pray. All of you pray. And then he asks a close group to support him closer. He asks three to come with him, a core to say, stand with me, pray with me, wrestle with me in this. And when it comes to 2020, with all that life will throw at us, good and bad, we need to be together. We need to have friends who walk with us, remind us of the truth when we can't see it, love us, encourage us, stand with us. If Jesus needed to put that stuff in place, he's the son of God. We sure do. Commitment to to coming to a space like this, 
chat with people before and afterwards. I encourage you to join a connect group if you're not in one already. That's the place where I get the most support on a weekly basis. It's so important. You can talk to me, talk to Jago afterwards about connect groups. We'd love to find one for for you. Because we all need friends. People who walk alongside us in that same space. And sometimes we will be the one who is asking for a Peter, James, and a John. But sometimes we can be the Peter, James, and John who's proactively going to somebody and saying, hey, how are you really doing? How can I pray for you at the moment? How can I support you? Are we willing to do that? It makes us go out of our way. It takes us from being, it takes us from being this kind of individual space that we were talking about earlier. That's what our culture loves, to just think about number one. What if we were people who said, actually, I'm going to think beyond myself of how I can extend the care that I've been shown to by Jesus to those around me. Imagine if we grasped hold of that. I was talking to a, uh, a young person as well recently, and they talked to me. He said, tell yourself you are loved, that not everyone hates you. Tell yourself it's worth keeping going because you are not alone. I found that really hard to hear in some ways because to say something like that means that that person felt the opposite to that at some point, that they didn't feel loved. How important is it for us to point people towards the things that Jesus says about us? To be willing to be kind and encouraging with our words and our actions around one another. To stand alongside people. Because we, we often we don't know what people are going through. And so, do we remind ourselves that we have an all-loving, all-knowing God who cares? Do we remind ourselves of foundation one, the truths of God's word? Um, I wonder, are you accountable to anyone? What I mean by that is, is there somebody you allow in your life to ask you the questions you really don't want to answer? The things where it really gets to the, to the, to the bottom of what it is that we, that we do and say. I've, I've been accountable to somebody for more than half of my life. I started being accountable to them when we were both young people. And we speak at the moment a lot. We text every day. Not about this, sometimes we're just talking about FIFA. But we, we text and we phone and we message and because I want to be accountable to somebody to say, I, I want you to call out the best in me, but I also want you to challenge me when I've gone a little bit astray. There's some questions that are going to come up on the screen. I'm not going to spend very much time on them, but have a little read. I'll read a few of them out. But this is just to say that we try and cover our bases. This is, we, for a year we did this. We don't do this anymore. We now think through some of the things on there. But it, it really does cover your bases, right? It says, I want you to ask about every area of my life so I'm making sure that I am being obedient to Christ, that I am believing the truth of his word, what he says about me, but I'm also putting into practice in my life how to live for Jesus with everything that I have. This was, yeah, it was, it's quite a lot, these are. And, and uh, is there anything else you're hiding that I haven't asked you? It covers it, basically, doesn't it? That's the reality. And in the last season, this, this person that, I've been, that I'm accountable to still, um, went through a tough time uh, and ended up um, having post-concussion syndrome and actually a real struggle the last few months off work and I noticed a cognitive difference in him and I wasn't able to always be like, actually, this is exactly what's going on in my life because he needed space to rest. But in that season and when it's been the opposite way around, I remember the time when my dad was really poorly, this is what he, exactly what he did for me, I sent him a Bible verse every single day because God's truth matters. It impacts our lives. It changes and shapes the way that we see Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and all the way through the week. So I want to encourage you, if you don't have somebody that you are accountable to, it doesn't have to be one person, it could be a couple of people. It's vulnerable. But it stops it just being about us and starts it being willing to walk this journey together. Friendship. 
Foundation four, the fourth and final foundation, is, is prayer. I'm just going to read uh, from Matthew 6. I think some of you will know it. Um, it says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In Luke's account of this, the disciples have basically said, hey, Jesus, how should we pray? He's asked them to put it into practice in Gethsemane, and they failed fairly miserably. But there's a breadth to these words. I think sometimes we let these words wash over us, because maybe for many of us, we could say, you know, probably do, maybe say it while we're sleeping. Like, it's, it's words that you know. But actually, if you start to look at these and say, there's a breadth to what is here. It covers all of our bases. Prayer is just not one type of communication. It's many. And these verses span what that can look like. There's so much breadth in this. Prayer is so important. Come to the prayer meeting on Wednesday. It helps us understand maybe how it might be possible to pray at all times. This claim in the Bible that says we should try and do. Prayer is not reactive. It needs to be proactive. And are we willing to be proactive in this new, academic, in this new year? Are we, are we willing to be proactive, to, to say, actually, I'm not just going to be reactive in my prayers. When something happens, I might talk to God about it. The breadth of prayer allows us to be proactive and not reactive. It allows us to say, what is it that I should be speaking into and over my life at the start of this twenty twenty? What are the big prayers that I am praying? I think, I think I've limited my prayer life somewhat recently. I didn't limit it when I was younger. I think maybe I had less going on. I don't know. But when I was younger, I said, actually, yeah, someone's poorly. Let's pray that they'll be healed. You know, we've got this thing. The first thing in my head when I was 18 years old was, well, we prayed about that, yeah? But that doesn't seem to. I have to really deliberately go after that right now. There's people in my life who do that. They're the same age as me. They're always the first thing to do is pray. But, it, but is that what 2020 looks like to us? Are we praying when we kind of need something? Or were we proactively saying this evening, God, what is it that you want me to seek your face about? Get on my knees about this year, this decade. What is, it that, what is it that I want as well? Those things that God places on your heart, the promises that we sang about earlier when we were singing. You know, what is it that he wants us to be praying into this year? And we're going to take communion together shortly. But first I thought it might be helpful to maybe try and apply some of these foundations just in our own, in our own lives. And... I'm going to say a few things, but please hear me. This is not the be-all and end-all of how we can apply this. I really want to encourage you as we take communion together and maybe as we spend some time praying with one another after that to be asking Holy Spirit. You know, if you call yourself a Christian here, then I believe the Holy Spirit lives inside of you and can speak to you. It doesn't sound like a booming voice. Sometimes it's just a sense of something going on. It's just a sense of something comes into your mind, and that's the thing that God's wanting to, to challenge you on or to speak to you about this evening. But in, in work... This year, if there's change, remind ourselves that God is unchanging. If there's conflict, knowing that we have a God that cares and never leaves us alone. Remembering and to talk and pray with those that we're walking with, being specific and proactive in prayer around our work lives this year. In our relationship, whether married or single, keeping Jesus at the center this year. Receiving care and showing care to one another, being deliberate about friendships and thinking about others before ourselves with our money. Do we truly believe at the start of this new decade that God's got our back in that area? That we have everything that we need, that he will provide for us? 
Are we ready to be generous with our finances to, to know how deeply cared for by God we are in this area to trust him afresh? I find this area really hard, just being, just being honest. I Because it's maths, isn't it? It works or it doesn't. But actually, God's, God's beyond that. He is. I've seen him do it. But there will be areas for you. That this, this, is, this is the one I find really hard. But, but for, for all of us, there will be different things. Standing out because of your faith. Are we ready to give an answer for the hope that we have? That's the challenge to every Christian. In your workplace, are you ready to stand out because you know Jesus and that should change and shape the way you live your life? Are we willing to actually seek God in prayer and say, hey, give me an opportunity this week to be a light to those around me? If you pray, I bet I'll do it. Dare you. No, not double dare. That was really old. In any area, what can it look like? Well, we believe the truth of God's word. We know that he is there caring deeply for us. We know that we're not alone. And we pray. In everything we face, the start of this new year, are we willing to say, well, God, what's the truth that you want to speak into this and believe it? Are we willing to accept the care about every area of our lives? Are we willing to say, actually, yeah, I'm not alone and I want to stand with others as well? And are we willing to actually get on our knees and pray? Jake is going to come up in a minute and we're going to share communion together. But as we head into 2020 doing that, this meal embodies everything that our faith professes. It shows us why we have hope spans the foundations that we've discussed today. As we come to communion, let's be quick to say sorry where we need a clean slate this evening. Thankful for the care that God has given us in every part of our lives and decide to build our lives again on the firm foundation that is Jesus Christ. I'm going to pray. Let's let's close our eyes. God, I thank you that at the start of every new year, you're the same. That your love for us is unchanging and unwavering. Father, that all the foundations that we've spoken about this evening are all because of who you are and not who we are or what we can do. And I pray now as we remember the the greatest sacrifice ever, as we remember what you did for us on the cross so that we could know you, I pray that you'll be speaking to our hearts. In Jesus' name. Amen.